Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Punches and Punchlines. Thank you very much for joining us again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends. Thanks for uh, loving boxing as much as we do. It's such a fun sport. And this past weekend was an example of how great, absolutely great boxing it would be. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was one of those deals where something lived up to the hype. And maybe even exceeded the hype. It was it was a great weekend of boxing. I loved almost every second of it. Maybe not all the undercard stuff, but but everything else. Holy crap. And even some of the undercard stuff was amazing. So yeah, I say we go on ahead and get right into it. Dig it. Is that a honey smacks reference? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dig them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shakur Stevenson, 24 years old, coming in at 17 and oh versus. Oscar Valdez, 31 years old, coming in at 30 and 0. Now, this was the top-ranked main event, Franco. In full disclosure, we watched this after we watched the fight of the weekend, the fight of the year so far. It was almost destined to be disappointing. If you're an absolute Shakur Stevenson fan, there was nothing to be disappointed about. This was all Shakur, all fight long. It was just dominant. He, I don't think, had hurt Oscar Valdez at any point, but he was definitely whooping his ass the whole time. Yeah. Whatever Valdez was trying, Shakur had the answer for it. And whatever Shakur was trying, Oscar Valdez had no answer for it. This was as one-sided as a unification fight as I've seen. Shakur is just bigger, faster, stronger. The only negatives that I could even bring up, I'm not a Tupac fan. Uh I don't I don't hate him, but I never thought, hey, if I ever have a kid, I'm going to name him uh, Shakur after Tupac. I could have gone with uh, naming one of my kids Run or, uh, you know, Jam Master J. Like I could have seen me doing that, but there's no way I'm naming my kid Shakur. Jam Master J, not the Nagel. Yeah, see, now that would have been wonderful. Um, I don't think I would have snuck it past the wife, but, you know, she was yeah. drugged up that day. Maybe I would have just got it on the birth certificate. <laughs> And I think that could have been fun. So, yeah, if I'm going to give the negatives, I didn't get that. Also, Andre Ward came through for us again and said something stupid. I don't think Valdez was hurt at any point. And then the ninth round, Ward was like, uh, this maybe should be stopped. Really? A guy who, you know, just because he's getting his ass kicked, that's what boxing is, Andre. I really do not enjoy his commentary. He adds nothing to the broadcast. I'd like it when it's just Tim Bradley and Bernardo Ozuna. But that's me. You know, I'm sure people are tired of hearing me bitch about the ESPN broadcast. And then to top off the night, he proposed afterwards, which I always think, save it for another day, guy. You know what I mean? Celebrate your victory. You just unified. Don't make us watch your proposal, too. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not totally against the proposal. Like, yeah, because you're a softy, Franco. You, yeah. you're, the, you're the romantic of this group. You know, and also you catch her off guard because she's all emotionally distraught that you were just getting punched in the face by Valdez was quick. He was landing hard shots. So, you know, you got her a little bit thrown off. At what time is she going to be more in love with you where she's just grateful that you're even alive? You know, like you don't want to ask her after you forgot to take out the garbage or maybe you didn't. You only took out the recycling, but not the actual trash can or you got 
little whiskers sitting on the sink and she's not happy that you didn't clean it up. You get her, you get her right after when she's at her most vulnerable. That's when you pop the question. Yeah. See, for any uh, love advice, hit up Franco on social media. He'll give it to you. (laughs) I thought it could be saved for something else. I'm not a I'm not a proposal in the ring or after a football game or any of that shit. Like do it on your own time, guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If anything, I think the one thing that we learned is the name thing. I never put one and one together with Tupac Shakur and Shakur Stevenson that that's who he was named after. I don't know why I never thought of that. I am a Tupac guy. I love me some Tupac. So to find that out, I was like, holy shit, like it's right there in front of my face and I never noticed it. See, I like him. Okay, but I don't love him. Not nearly enough to name a kid after. Like, I didn't know anybody like Tupac that much, you know? Like, <laughs> He's uh, one of the goats. He's one know, of the goats, Fritz. Uh, people throw that word around way too much then, if that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Biggie. <laughs> Biggie nah. Stevenson and then he's a little dude like he's not that big <laughs> you know if it was like Tyson Fury and they named him Biggie that would have made more sense but yeah, Shakur it wouldn't have worked out it's like when you nickname a fat guy tiny you know what I mean like maybe that's what all it was about <laughs> yeah but as far as the fight goes I thought that this was a more entertaining Shakur Stevenson fight you know after watching the Katie Taylor Amanda Serrano fight and then going to this it was definitely coming down a bit you know what I mean it was like we're, we're definitely taking it down a notch but his skill level is ridiculous. Shakur Stevenson is off the charts defensively. Like his offense is good. He lands some hard shots. He was able to make adjustments. He looked really good against Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez also didn't look terrible. He just, he wasn't winning the fight. Like it's as simple as that. There was a knockdown in the sixth round that was kind of iffy. He was off balance. He definitely got booped on a punch and ended up going down. But I mean, that still counts as a knockdown because it was on a punch. So yeah, that, just because you don't get floored, it doesn't mean it's not a knockdown. You know, like yeah. it definitely didn't hurt as much as when you're floored, but he got knocked down. And, you know, just like any boxer, he's going to be like, no, nah, what? I was a slip. Like, that's part of your DNA as a boxer. You got to try to, you know, get that that point back that you just lost. But uh, I think in his heart, he would agree. Like, yeah, I was uh, yeah. I was <laughs> I was I was hit. For sure. And the only thing that I will say, you know, Oscar Valdez has a lot of fans on social media that have been saying crazy stuff. And people like to kind of I don't want to say they sleep on Shakur Stevenson, but they think that like there's some kind of thing that like a weakness as far as his defense goes. We haven't seen it yet defensively. Like, could he lose if a match were to go all the way to the cards and end up being a decision? I think that's how he will eventually lose because. I mean, nobody can touch him or when he gets older, father time will catch up and he's going to eat somebody's punch and end up going down. But we haven't seen that person yet. And for now, it's defense is never really that exciting in most sports, let alone in boxing. You don't want to see a guy matrixing somebody and just dodging every punch. That's what we get. So I think that as long as you go into it, knowing that you can enjoy his fights. What I did not enjoy was at the very end of the fight. And he took a victory lap around the ring, running backwards for the last like two seconds, three seconds of the fight. And then even worse, the promoters were hyping that up after the fight. And they're like ESPN posted and they're like, oh, had to take a victory lap before the fight. And it's like, no, you fight till the bitter end. It was showboating in a bad way. And, you know, I love showboating. I did not like it here. Yeah, that was some clown college bullshit right there. I hated it, but uh, here's <laughs> here's the only thing I get. Like, I hated it. 
but Valdez could have been in this fight a little longer and then he wouldn't have been able to do the victory lap. He knew he was up by so many rounds. Yeah. It, it wasn't the way I wanted the fight to end. Every day, it, during the fight, I was happy. Then the end of the fight for the next 10 minutes where I had to watch him do a victory lap, where I had to watch him propose. And then I had to listen to Joe Tessitore and Andre Ward for a minute anyway, before we muted that shit and turned back on uh, something else. But yeah, awesome performance by Shakur Stevenson. I'm not taking any anything from his performance away. It's just me uh, poking fun of some of the peripheral shit. Now, do you think that the stiff arm that Stevenson was getting away with, he kept putting the one glove out and they kept giving him warnings. And it was kind of like, you know, when the, like in the cartoons where the big guy puts his hand on the little guy's yeah. head and the little guy's swinging away. So the referee kept warning him. He even stopped it. But at no point did he take a punch away or take a point away. Do you think that that affected the fight? And, you know, I think he should have lost a point. But how much does that really affect someone? I think at one point, I mean, at some point he has to deduct a point or say, you know, you do, I've already told you a couple of times. You do this shit one more time and I'm taking a point away. He should have done a little bit better job on nipping that shit in the butt. It absolutely could have made a difference, but I still don't think that was the deciding factor. I think this was just the better guy was better throughout. That's another reason why he didn't need to be doing the, the bullshit stiff farm either. It happened too many times for him to be like, oh, it was just once or twice. No, it was happening pretty well throughout the fight. I just wish the ref would have said like, hey, one more time when we're taking a point away. Katie Taylor, 35 years old, coming in at 20 and 0 versus Amanda Serrano, 33 years old, coming in at 42, 1 and 1. Now, I'm glad I got all my bad vibes out on that last discussion, Franco, because I have nothing but bouquets to throw at this whole thing. The lead up was all class. Both fighters just did nothing but compliment each other. I think that's really the only way it should go. I don't need to have the make-believe, we hate each other, this is bad blood. I don't need any of that. Like, don't say during the build-up to a fight, like, oh, this guy sucks, I'm going to beat his ass. And then afterwards be like, well, you got to give me credit, I just beat a really good dude. You know, like, say it all the way way through. And that's what these women did. What an absolute joyful performance. If you weren't sure whether you could get into women is boxing watch this fight this was so great maybe i'm still riding the high of this from watching it but this was the best fight i've seen this year this was so good there was points you know where both people looked dominant in that fifth round i thought serrano was going to knock out katie taylor here's i'll be up front like i thought that serrano won but i also think that it was so close that i'm not mad at the katie taylor decision like I thought some of the scores were too wide. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody should have had this like 96, 94, either way, either way you wanted to score it. Uh, 96, 94 was, was the right way to go. It was just so incredible how she survived that fifth round. She almost got knocked down in the 10th. You know, that knee came just inches away from hitting the mat. You know, instead of doing a victory lap, you know, they slugged it out right till the end. And dude, Madison Square Garden was so crazy loud. Yeah, that even at points, the the ref let the action go after the bell because nobody could hear what the hell was going on. It was electric there, dude. There was not a single thing uh, about this fight I could shit on. It was so absolutely wonderful. It was like this fight was like 
even the buildup, I was like, you know, the excitement I had when I had asked Santa Claus for a bike at Christmas, you know, but the delivery was uh, like, I got a bike for Christmas in each of my favorite colors. You know, like I came down Christmas morning and there were just seven bikes lined up because that's how much this thing delivered. It was absolute joy to watch this fight. Yeah, it was. It really did live up to the hype. It was spectacular. Uh, Serrano came out. They played Peppas and the whole crowd is going crazy. Only thing I will crap on is Jake Paul was there because he's been helping promoter and stuff. And while it has helped kind of put money in her pocket and, and put a little bit of a spotlight on Amanda Serrano, it still sucks to see that douchebag getting any kind of, if anything to me and probably to you, because we both already knew Amanda Serrano before him. It's like it's putting a, shine, a, a spotlight on him. And nobody wants that, you know, like screw that guy. But also it it had to have worked a little bit because once this fight was made, both women, I, I, is this the first time that women boxers have gotten seven figures off of a fight? Yeah. Well, it was definitely the biggest payday for both of them. Yeah. Um, this almost reminded me of, you know, a couple of years ago, this was on the undercard. This fight was scheduled to be on the undercard of a, of a different zone fight. Okay. And then because of COVID and different things, it got scrapped. Now, uh, I recently just read the four Kings. So if any boxing fan has never read the four Kings, I highly recommend it. It was such, such a good read, but early on in their careers, uh, Hagler and Leonard were set to face off on the second fight of the night. I think it was Hagler's people were like, no, we're not. That's that's a big money fight down the road. Like we do not need to do this right now. And they pulled they, that fight didn't happen till much later. Uh, so this was almost like that where it still would have been a great fight, but they deserved their moment as the headliner at Madison square Garden, the Mecca of boxing like this was, it cooked just long enough. It cooked to perfection. You know, it wasn't overdone like uh Mayweather Pacquiao yeah. where you pulled it out and the beef tenderloin was like goddamn beef jerky. This was just an absolute choice cut for anybody out there watch this fight it was a joy yeah i will also say the first round i had it going to katie taylor and then second third rounds you know i still gave the second round to katie taylor but then third round i i thought you know it might have been a toss-up middle rounds definitely went to serrano and then as we got into it a little bit later when i started adding everything up i was like all right serrano's either going to take it by a round or it's going to be a draw i was hoping for a knockout in rounds seven eight nine was where I put my money and it looked like that was going to happen because in that sixth round I have no idea how Katie Taylor survived was it the fifth was it the fifth I could have oh you're right it was the fifth and then uh, yeah I was like oh my god she's uh there's no way that she's going to make it to where I, I placed my bets probably get knocked out in the sixth and she was able to survive the sixth. she still didn't look right and then she kind of like got her wits back about her but for that fifth round it looked like for sure Serrano was going to knock her out, or it could have even been stopped. And the only reason why they didn't step in is because of all the belts and everything. You know, this was the big show. If you're, if she's going to go down, she's going to go down on her shield. You had money on the draw. It looked like it was going to be a draw. We get to the end. I'm like, Fritz is about to get paid. And then it wasn't. And so here's, here's the only thing where I was like, eh, I don't know. This kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. The one score they had at 96, 94 Serrano. I, I could have seen that or a draw. The other one, 97-93 Taylor. That feels a little bit far apart. And then the other one is 96-93 Taylor, meaning that they gave one of the rounds, what, a 10-8 round for, yeah. for Katie Taylor? Where? When did that happen? Oh, uh, 
yeah, I don't know when that happened, right? You know what I mean? I could see giving a 10-8 round to Serrano for the fifth, but for Katie Taylor, I would love to see the scorecards for this. Now, luckily, not just luckily because the fight, whatever, luckily for us as fans, they're already talking about running this back and doing it again. And after the fight, you said it, both women were super classy. They're both like, you know, this was just a great battle. This is a win for everyone. Yada, yada, yada. Look at this amazing crowd. We filmed this place. They said women couldn't do it. And now here we are. Everybody's losing their goddamn minds here. We've arrived, you know? And then when they said, do you want to run it back? Both of them, I think they, if anything, hell, why not run it back? They made so much money off of this. And you know what the best or what's better than becoming a millionaire? Becoming a two-time millionaire. You know, two million is but. All right, I'm recording. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know it's better than being a millionaire. Having yeah. your own apartment. <laughs> yeah. Not getting told that pork chops are ready. Uh, God, it's so embarrassing. Uh, I don't even like pork so, chops, Fritz. So great. <laughs> Uh, it's not my favorite either, but we had steaks tonight, you know, so I, oh. I, definitely, want, I definitely want all this left in and uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's so terrible. But, you know, like I was saying, I can't wait to see them run this back, do it again. I hope that they're able to make it happen again. I don't know where you have this fight. I mean, maybe have it back overseas, you know, do one the talks here. are of Ireland. The early talks are in Ireland. That makes sense. And uh, I mean, it would be rough for Serrano, but she really did seem to be soaking in everything. Like she just had such a big smile for the whole thing. Like she, you could see her enjoying it where Katie Taylor was all business. And you could see like, not that she was nervous, but she was dialed in. She's like, this is a for real thing. And Miranda, Amanda Serrano was able to kind of like take a moment to look around and be like, oh my God, this is so awesome. So why not do it again? Let's do it again. Amen. Well, they tell you, Franco, that you can't play boxing. And we prove them wrong every week with our segment called Playing Boxing. Uh, we wanted to definitely, you know, hammer home the two main events because it was just really high profile fights in the case of Taylor versus Serrano. Literally one of my favorite fights ever. It was so fun and so great. But the undercards had some fun stuff, too. You know, we saw our guy uh, was shot Mati. I was disappointed he didn't continue on with the with his Justice League theme. You know, came out with something out, better though. No, I don't know about better. You know, like he, <laughs> he before he had come out as uh, Superman, he had come out as Batman. I think even the Flash once. I thought next progression it had to be uh, Green Lantern, and I got uh, I got I got disappointed with a WWE reference. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He came out with the vest. I think he came out to the music with the glass shattering and everything. Like it was great. And I really like Rashad Mati, but I thought the fight was kind of boring, especially we rewound and watched it back after all the amazing fights. And so to see him go the distance and just a meh performance when I think he was like minus 3000, minus 5000 favorite for this one. So for him to not, you know, at least hit a stunner, kick the guy in the stomach, grab his head, slam him into the ground. Didn't do any of that. I thought it was kind of boring. Yeah, I had a flashback to Swingers, the movie Swingers, you know, because he's the Albanian bear. And I had a I had a flashback to Swingers because I was like, you're you're like this big bear, man, with these claws and these teeth. <laughs> you're batting around the bunny. You, you why, why am I why am I not hurting the bunny? I got these claws and these teeth, you know, like he was playing with this food. And uh, yeah, he got the win, but uh, I thought he could have turned on the gas a little more. Yeah, we needed um, PG PG thirteen Mati. That's what we needed. <laughs> yeah, 
we have, rated R yeah. Mati. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Instead, we got the PG thirteen one. Yeah. So you're right. And then I don't know if you saw the Austin Williams, the uh, Emma Williams take on Cordell Booker. Yeah, that's uh, another example of you know undefeated uh, can mean untested because Cordell looked like really easy work for Emma Williams, and he was seventeen and zero. But I looked it up. A lot of uh, a lot of veterans on there. A lot of local cards to get those uh, 17 wins. I'm not, you know, begrudging him his wins, but he was not on the same level as Ammo Williams. Now, did you see Nico Ali Walsh's knockout? I did. That uh, was glorious. Again, you know, he knocked out a guy that we've never heard of before or we'll probably never hear from again. But, you know, in his fifth fight, you got to keep climbing that ladder. Kudos to him for just keeping, keeping his uh, wins coming. Yeah, and as much as I've made fun of him in the past, I thought he looked really good. Like... His movement, his footwork, he looked like a different dude. Do you know, did you know I think he has like a famous grandpa? I don't know if you had caught wind of that at all, but I think he has a famous grandpa. Is it George Foreman, right? Is it- it's Joe Walsh. Yeah, the uh, guitarist from, uh, from the Eagles. <laughs> from the Eagles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I I hate all of that stuff and how they have to do like whole video packages and and all this nonsense for him but to see him switch trainers kind of take things more serious and get just a vicious knockout if anything it was one of my favorite knockouts of the weekend he came in with a left right combo where it was a left hook pushing the head one way and then a right hook came in from the other side and you could almost see the dude's brain rattling around inside of his head it was really fun. So now the other one that I liked was all the, as far as women's fights go, we had that Frashan Cruz Desora versus Ellen Sedarus, or I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I think Sedarus uh, is right. Yeah, uh, but each of them had two belts and they ended up unifying their belts. I thought that was a really fun fight. It was a fun fight, but you could definitely see the kind of skill level was not wonderful. Both of them had good punching power. Mm-hmm. And Franchon was uh, was definitely hitting much harder, but both of them had some time out of the ring. I think neither one of them had fought in like two years, so it was a a good fight. I'd like to see both of them fight again when some of that ring rust is off, because I I, I could definitely see flashes of skill throughout the fight. I'd say that there was definitely some just haymakers and stuff like that thrown in there too. So a good performance, but I could definitely see where they could both do better on a better night. Yeah, I thought it kind of looked like like a, a high school fight, but then nobody shows up to break it up. And so they just they're both just a bloody mess and there's blood everywhere. And they're kind of looking around like somebody's got to stop this, right? All right, I guess we're still going. And they just kept wailing away on each other and they both definitely ran out of steam. But it was it was definitely Franchone dominated this one. That one was fun. And then I think the last one is uh Jesse Vargas and Liam Smith. That was yeah. that was a decent fight. Yeah, that was the first time in his career that Vargas was stopped. Uh, Liam Beefy Smith, which I think is a stupid name. Uh, (laughs) Beefy, he's not even the biggest of his brothers. Like, unless his brother's names are beefier and beefiest. Like, I don't get the beefy thing. He definitely looks like a dude that had gray hair since he was like 14. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I have a cousin like that. And I think we've all gone to high school with at least one guy like that. I didn't think at any point past, I don't know, the fourth or fifth that Jesse Vargas was going to win, but I also didn't think he was in enough trouble to stop this. I don't know. I, I wasn't disappointed when they stopped it because I was like, all right, you're just speeding it up to where big beefy is uh, getting his W early. 
you know, which we already knew he was going to do after the decision anyway. But I think he would be eaten alive by uh, Brian Castaño or Charlo. Oh, for sure. And if anything, I'm just glad Vargas's shorts were coming untied for half of this for half of the fight. I thought his pants were going to drop, but then I was also kind of curious: what happens if a guy's shorts fall down around his ankles? Does the ref step in? Is it like when they lose their mouthpiece, where it just kind of depends if he's getting his ass beat when his shorts drop? Keep swinging, you know, keep your guard up at all times, protect yourself at all times, even when your shorts are down around your ankles. If that happens, the ref by rule has to start singing "Pants on the Ground." <laughs> um, so. He's going to bring back that old classic from American Idol. That's in the rule book. I, it's, I didn't make that rule, Franco. It's in there. I believe you. I'm not even going to question that one. <laughs> now, as far as next weekend or this upcoming weekend goes, we've got the big Canelo versus Dimitri Bival fight. Uh, are there any other? I think Montana Love is fighting, right? Uh, you know, I didn't even look. I'm just so excited about the Canelo versus Bival fight. Uh, I've had fun on Twitter these last month. People are saying that Canelo is taking on Bival because he's the easier target, but nobody's criticizing Benavidez for fighting David Lemieux or, uh, you know, Jermel for fighting Saluki. So uh, I just think that that's hilarious that a dude who's 175 undefeated champion is somehow the easier task. It's uh, hilarious to me. And what'll be fun is all the Canelo haters out there will still buy the pay-per-view, just like I used to buy the Mayweather pay-per-views to watch him lose. They'll tune in to watch him lose, and then, you know, they'll root for the other guy, and then they'll go, uh, uh, Canelo still sucks, you know? So (laughs) there's just no... You know, I've said before, I like Canelo. I think he's an all-round wonderful boxer. He is the pound-for-pound best on planet Earth right now. That I can't think could be disputed at all. But he's not my favorite, so I'm willing to call. If I thought he was taking some kind of uh, easy path here, I would call him on it. That's not the case. Dimitri Vival is a wonderful fighter. I actually think maybe the hardest get at uh, 175 pounds. So we'll see. I'm excited for that. I don't even care who's on the undercard. I'll uh, have my beer in hand from uh, from the opening before the bell and, uh, you know, maybe switch the shots. Uh, we'll go for some Patron or some Cuervo uh, to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Oh, that's a much better idea. I was going to say I bought a bottle of Blackberry brandy, I think, or some kind of disgusting whiskey. Uh, if we want to drink like hobos. Yeah, uh, I, was, <laughs> I was walking through the Jewel and they were they had the little sample table and I was like, yeah, I'll do a little mini shot. And then I did it for some reason at the time. It tasted really good. Uh, I've tasted it since. I don't know. We need to get rid of it. It might as well be Malort because it tastes awful. When you uh, left the store with it, did they pack it up in like a little handkerchief and then put it on the end of a stick for you? Like <laughs> like you're going to ride the rails home? Yeah, I might as well have because it, it is brutal. I, You know, if anything, I think bums might drink better than I do when I'm drinking this. <laughs> Well, dude, I guess in summary, we had such a blast watching boxing this past weekend. If you didn't see the Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano fight, watch it. It was such a joy. Tune in next week where we'll be uh, breaking down, you know, Canelo versus Bivol. I want to say thanks to everybody for listening. I want to say thanks to Franco for putting uh, all this nonsense together and chopping it up and getting it out to the people. I do a lot of uh, hems and haws and he, you know, cuts it all out and gets it to uh, sound wonderful. So thanks to Franco. Thanks for listening. And uh, I am thrown in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week. 
when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.